These days, it is easier than ever to reach the people we want to reach. All of us have a, have a device in our pockets that allow us to connect with the brands that we love and for brands to connect with the people that we want to attract. It is an extraordinary time in history, right? People 10, 20, 50, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, would have died for this kind of connectivity and access. And yet, because of that, we, uh, we become a, a noisier place, right? The internet is a very, very noisy place. It's difficult to stand out when everybody's screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs. In my opinion, the only way to stand out, the only way to secure your business's success, the, to, to thrive, is by telling your own story. We're going to talk about what storytelling can do to your business, how you can tell your story to move the needle in your business and to, and to secure your legacy for decades to come. Don't go anywhere. We're talking all about story on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Tuning in, my name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing, operations, and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for profit, process, and progress. If you've got a busy restaurant that struggles to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits month after month, then set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. I'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for the program. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, have you read the 2023 State of the Restaurant Industry Report from the National Restaurant Association? There's a lot to digest in that 41-page paper, but that's where you can lean on Spot On, the presenting sponsor of that report. As a top-rated restaurant technology company, Spot On leads from the front. Not only are they helping restaurant operators make sense of our changing landscape, but they're also working directly with restaurants to overcome challenges with innovative solutions. Their handhelds and QR ordering can help you turn more tables while creating a better guest experience. On the back end, their labor management tools can save up to 20 hours per week on tasks like scheduling, payroll, and tip distribution. And when it comes to rising costs, Spot On's reporting gives you the real-time data you need to make informed decisions about your menu, your employees, and your operation. Best of all, Spot On's direct online ordering puts you in control of your takeout and delivering operation uh, without the third-party commissions. They've got all these tools in one integrated system backed by a customer support team that actually answers the phone. Learn more by visiting spoton.com slash chip. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, today we're talking all about storytelling, specifically how you tell your story. In my opinion, it's the only way to stand out. And I'm going to introduce you to a couple frameworks that I've talked about on the show before. I'm going to talk to you about why this is so important and, and really, really what we mean when we talk about 
telling your own story. And then we're going to finish up this whole episode really talking about how. How you can tell your own story in a compelling way to actually make a difference in your business, to reach the people you want to reach and to breed more loyalty, um, more, more brand connection than ever before. And if those sound like all big, lofty corporate uh, ideals, I'm here to tell you they are not. They are very personal. They are one-to-one marketing and it's never been easier to do than right now. So when we talk about telling your own story, right, the what of it is very, very simple. And unfortunately, what I find a lot of times is operators have, have, have sort of hidden their story, have forgotten all about their story because they're so focused on everything else they need to do. And what's really important to know right up here, right up front, is that is the most important thing. So I was, uh, I've had uh, Sean Walshef on the show a couple of times. Uh, just this past summer, Sean and I gave a presentation at the Western Food Expo, the, the restaurant expo that happens uh, out in Los Angeles every year. And one of the things we talked about was uh, your two whys. So I'll back up and say, Simon Sinek, who I've spoken about on this show before, he wrote a book called Start With Why. For me, he developed a framework called the Golden Circle. That it, For me, it's the most uh, straightforward, simplest, most direct uh, definition of vision and leadership that I've ever heard. Let me try to explain this. And if you want to try to find his uh, TED Talk, I will include those that link in the show notes. Uh, it is excellent. He outlines it uh, over the course of about a 15-minute talk, um, and he does a beautiful job doing it. His book is great, too. I'll include that link as well. But his idea of the golden circle goes like this. He said there are three concentric circles all the way on the outside. The outside uh, circle is labeled what? One ring in is labeled how? And all the way in the center, the centermost circle is labeled why? And he said most companies work from the outside in. They can tell you what they do. They can tell you how they do it better than anyone else. But they very rarely get to the why. And he says the best companies in the world work from the inside out. They know why they exist, and that helps define their how and ultimately their what. All throughout the book, his book, Start With Why, he uses Apple as uh, sort of the, the best articulation of this idea. But for me, I can't help but apply this to our businesses, right? We know what kind of food we're gonna do. We're gonna do sushi, we're gonna do Mexican, we're gonna do modern Northern Italian. We know what we're gonna do. We know how that's different or how that sets us apart from everybody else. Well, we're gonna charge less prices, we're in a better location, we're gonna focus on this small town in Tuscany rather than, or in Piedmont, rather than the Southern Italian cuisine that most Americans know. We know all that, but we don't know why we're doing it. We don't know why. And the really, the best restaurants out there start with why. And so Sean Walshef and I gave this talk and we said, really, we believe restaurant owners uh, need to know their two whys. Number one, why do you do what you do? Why did you start your business? And number two, why should anyone else care? Because ultimately that's what your consumers are saying uh, subconsciously. They won't come out and say it. But implicitly, they're thinking, why should I care? Why should I go to your new steakhouse when uh, the old steakhouse I like just fine? I've been going there for years. Why should I change and take the risk of having a meal I don't like because I already have something I do like? That's what our customers are saying over and over and over in their heads when they make a decision whether to try someplace new, whether to try your place for the first time. So you gotta define that. Why do you do what you do? And why should anyone else care? Or put another way, and Sean likes to put it this way, why did you start your business? And why should anyone still care that this business is running? Right, there are two versions of the same kind of questions, but all we're doing is taking Simon Sinek's 
idea of start with why, and we're just extrapolating that out because ultimately that's what matters. When we do this, when we start talking about your two whys, right? Ultimately, this really begins and ends with you. Now, yes, maybe some of you started a business because you saw a business opportunity, but maybe your why, right? And, and, and there can be many whys, right? I started this business so that I can have a, provide a better life for my family, so that I could set them up with generational wealth. There's, I wanted to start a business that I could pass on to my kids and my grandkids and on. That's a powerful why. But if that doesn't make its way into your marketing, into your everyday, then what good is it? Your why is powerful, whatever your why is, right? I wanted to work for myself. I saw that there was no authentic Oaxacan uh, Mexican cuisine in this town and I wanted to introduce this town uh, to this really special um, uh, version of uh, Mexican cuisine. You could answer that question in a million different ways when we talk about the, the what, what does it mean to tell your story? It means, it begins first by, um, by being honest with yourself. Why do you do what you do? Because then the next question you're gonna have to answer, you're gonna have to turn around and answer this question of why should anyone else care? So I want you to take a few minutes today and answer those two questions for you. Why do you do what you do? And why should anyone else care? Now, Sean always asks, why did you start your business? And for me, that doesn't get quite as clear because I think it, uh, the, the reasons we start a business a year ago, five years ago, 10, 30, 50 years ago, the reasons you start it aren't necessarily the reasons you keep your business going. It isn't what gets you out of bed today. The things that got you out of bed five years ago, for me, I started my business about eight years ago. The reason I started my business eight years ago is very, very clear. It's visceral, it's powerful. And that still exists, but 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 not entirely because I've changed, my priorities have changed, um, my, my world has evolved. I've said this before on uh, previous episodes, but that's one of the best parts about being a human being is that we grow, we change, we learn, our priorities shift. That's, that's, um, that's inevitable. And let's a lot of times there's a there's sort of a natural life cycle for a restaurant, let's say. I don't think restaurants should need to be around for 50 years to be a success. I think they need to be profitable and generate um, income and, and, and wealth and, and, and opportunity for the people who run them. But if that's two years and then done, so be it. If that's 10 years and done, so be it. The reason we think so much about longevity is because restaurants uh, usually require a pretty hefty capitalization in the beginning, and you can't pay that capitalization off, that investment off in a year or two. Usually it's five or six or seven. That's just the way the world works, right? So if you're opening a, you know, some fancy fine dining restaurant, that begins at, you know, in a big market, that begins at a couple million dollars or upwards of a dozen million dollars. I've heard all kinds of crazy numbers. So then the restaurant really does need to be um, uh, gratuitously uh, uh, successful for five, 10, 20 years in order for it to make back the investment and uh, show the investors a healthy return on that investment. What we're talking about is why do you do what you do? Why do you get out of bed? There's a, there's a framework that I introduce to all of my um, that all of my clients. I make them go through this. It's in my online course. I've talked about it on this show before. Uh, I, I give this uh, some version of this uh, speech. Uh, I give a talk uh, when I travel all around the country uh, giving talks. Last year at the Western Expo when I was with Sean, I gave one presentation uh, with Sean about leadership and telling your own story. And the other one I talked about was all about these ABCDs of marketing. So the ABCDs of marketing is a way for th of thinking about your product thinking about your market, thinking about the audience you seek to serve. So ABCD stands for audience, brand, competition, and differentiation. 
We start with audience because you have to think of the who. I'll back up and say when we market a restaurant, usually there are two ways we can market a restaurant. Either we come up with a product and then go try to find an audience, go find, try and find customers for that product, or we do it the other way, the much more successful way, which is go find a potential customer, go find people who have a problem, a problem that you are uniquely qualified to solve. So find a problem, create a product that solves that problem rather than creating a product and trying to find an audience for that. That's a lot of yelling. That's why the internet is a noisy place. But if you were the answer to someone's prayers, all you gotta do is let them know you're there. And people are like, oh my God, I've been looking for that solution. Oh man, that's exactly what I needed. You tap them on the shoulder and you say, hey, you know that problem you have? Yeah, I know you had that problem. I got a solution for you. The best companies in the world, the best products in the world do that. So two ways to market, by far the latter is the, is the better way to go. Unfortunately, a lot of restaurants do the first way. A lot of restaurants create a product and say, now I wanna find people for it. Uh, the product is good, why can't I find people for it? Because you didn't stop to assess whether there was enough audience, whether there were enough customers in your market who identified your solution as a solution they needed to a problem that they had. This is very, very simple and straightforward. Two ways to market. Create a product, then go try to find customers for the product. That's harder to do. Unfortunately, it's most of what we do. Or the second way, you find a, a, a customer, find potential customers with a problem, and you craft a, a solution to that problem. Your solution is the service, the product, the restaurant, the experience that you're crafting. So when we talk about marketing, a couple ways to do it. When I talk about my ABCDs of marketing, I start with audience because it puts the, uh, the customer front and center. It forces you to look around your market, meaning your city, your neighborhood, your block, and say, what do these people need? What do these people need that I am uniquely qualified to provide? Usually, and there are all kinds of different ways to slice this up, but I do workshops on this, and we talk about it in much greater depth uh, when you're in my program. But the simplest way is you're trying to find people's pain point. What do people need? What problem do they have that I'm uniquely qualified to solve? So A is audience. It's about finding a group of people with a problem. B, brand, is your brand, your company, your restaurant. The experience you're, you're providing is a solution to those people's problem. Hey, this group of people or this kind of person in this market needs this. I'm gonna provide this. So A, audience, you figure out who has a problem you can solve. B, your brand is the solution to that problem. Then C, competition, is about figuring out who else is trying to solve the same problem you are. And that gets us to D, differentiation. The only way to survive is to differentiate yourselves from other people in that, from the other restaurants, the other competitors in your category, right? So uh, I always say that competition gives you a category and that's a very helpful thing. So you're not competing against all restaurants. If you've got a sushi restaurant, really you're only competing against other sushi restaurants. Or if you're a neighborhood joint, you're, other, uh, you're only competing against the six, seven, eight, 10 places in that block or in that neighborhood. It's a very, you're not competing against everybody in the, in the, in the city or in the region just locally, just those, those places. So category is helpful, right? That's the beauty part of, uh, of uh, finding competitors. But then you have to differentiate yourself from the competitors. There's a very academic term we use in, uh, in marketing called value proposition, which is simply put, why does a consumer choose one thing over another? And I'm telling you, there are, there are multiple ways to compete, right? Multiple ways to compete for dollars, for people's attention but the most compelling way to do it is by telling your own story. 
your store, right? There's this thing we all often hear in marketing. So people buy from people or people buy from companies that they know, like, and trust. Well, it's the same thing with our friends. How do we get to know and like and trust our friends? Think about when you make new friends. You get to know them first. You, you make sure that you've got sort of shared values, maybe some common interests. It's the same thing with your company. Your company is not just a, you know, a, a monolith. Your company is made up a bunch of people, specifically, most notably, you, the leadership. It is your restaurant, it is your company. You looked to the market and saw a problem. You crafted a solution to that problem. Tell people why you wanted to help them. Show people why you created the, the, the solution you did, why you do what you do. And see, now we bring these ideas full circle and we come back and we talk about those two whys, right? Why do you do what you do and why should anyone else care? And we get back to this idea of differentiation. And for the life of me, for the life of me, the only way that I believe you can do it is by figuring out who you are. There's only one you, right? There's only one of each of us. And I think we are all extraordinary, just like our customers are all extraordinary. They may be difficult. We might like some of them versus the uh, more than the others, but, I, but, but our customers are unique. They are individuals. They are special. That's why we take care of them, right? So I'm going to introduce you to a framework, an exercise, I'll say, that I give to all my customers, uh, all my clients, rather, all, my, all the members of my mastermind in just a minute. And then I'm going to show you how we apply that directly to your business to actually build greater loyalty, to actually generate more revenue. All of that in just a second after a word from another one of our sponsors. Now, today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, to hit labor targets, and to keep your entire team connected. With drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like POS and payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. To get started, visit sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Okay. So hopefully by now I'm convincing you that you are special, that you are unique, that you are extraordinary, and so are your customers. The only way to connect with our customers is to uh, to get them to know, like, and trust you. That's 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 you know obvious. It's true with you as a consumer. It's true with with most people. We don't just buy something unless we we know it and, and feel like we can trust the product. Is the product going to do what what it says it's going to do, right? And in uh, marketing terms, we talk about the the brand promise, right? What is the brand promising to do? It's promising to solve a, a specific problem, craft a solution, provide a solution to a specific problem. But the consumer has to trust that that the product, that the service, that the experience is actually going to deliver, be the answer to their prayers. That's really, really important. So now we talked about the ABCDs of marketing, audience, brand, competition, and differentiation, right? Who has a problem that you're uniquely qualified to solve? You craft a solution then to that problem. 
You look to your competitors, you figure out who else is trying to solve the same problem you are, and then finally, you have to separate yourself from other people in that category. You have to separate yourself from the competitors, and you do that by differentiating yourself. So we get into something called the better trap, right? So uh, I'm gonna open a new steakhouse in town and I'm talking to people, I say, hey, you should come try my steakhouse. And they say, why? I like the other steakhouse. I've been going there for 10 years. Why should I come to yours? And the knee-jerk reaction is, well, because ours is better. And better is a trap. Better is largely subjective, right? It's, it's uh, you run the risk of, uh, of alienating or, or uh, insulting uh, the consumer or the prospective customer that you talk to because you say, uh, well, why should I come to yours? I like the other place just fine. I say, well, the other place is fine, but ours is better. And the person goes, well, I like it. I've been going there for years. My wife likes it. My kids like it. I take clients there. You've basically insulted their choice of restaurant. It's better, better than saying better. It's better, it's more productive to give them a compelling reason why they might choose you over another. And the only way to do that is through differentiation. So this steakhouse might have a more robust wine list, might have sought after vintages and, and sort of rare producers. Um, it might have a unique uh, quirky wine list, it might have uh, you know an organic natural wine list. Uh, it might have a very small wine list, it's very compact. Hey, if you feel overwhelmed by going to a steakhouse and, and, and when, when people sort of you know speak to you condescendingly because there are a thousand bottles on the list and you might feel in over your head, well, we only have 50 bottles of wine and they're all really easy and approachable. Uh, it's, a, it's an affordable wine list. Maybe we have a really robust wine by the glass program. There are a million ways to answer that. And for the steak itself, maybe it's, well, we serve all prime black Angus, or we serve all, uh, you know, Nyman Ranch steaks, or we dry age everything in-house, or everything's wet aged instead of dry aged, or whatever it is, there's a differentiator that you have to provide, right? Or, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, steakhouses in New York, there's so many, and it's so easy to do this exercise with. But there's a, a brand called STK. STK made it really like clubby and trendy, it made a clubby, trendy uh, steakhouse. So that it's a super modern looking uh, dining room, all of the waiters and hosts and servers and everybody's super attractive. The lights are really dim, the music's a little bit louder, it's a lot of like, you know, like like club music. It's it's new, it's, it's current, it's not that, it's not a lot of Frank Sinatra, it's not stuffy old, it's not jazz, it's not stuffy old, you know, yacht rock music. It's, it's new, it's fresh, it's hip, it's trendy, it's young, it's youthful. So their differentiator as a steakhouse in New York City when they opened whatever 10 or 15 years ago was to be sort of the anti-steakhouse steakhouse, right? It would fit in perfectly in Miami, right? And they've got them in Vegas, they've got them now all over. They've very successfully created a, a version of a steakhouse that a lot of uh, young people, that a lot of trendy sort of, uh, you know, trendsetters uh, want to be a part of. There are all kinds of ways to do it. The exercise that I always do with my clients is when we talk about differentiation. And, and this works not just for big fancy steakhouses, but for your sub shop, for a pizza shop, for a sushi restaurant. Largely, I find that a lot of sushi restaurants are interchangeable. There's not a lot of differentiation. I can get a rainbow roll, I can get a California roll, I can get spicy tuna. It, it, it's sort of the same, unless you give me a differentiator. Right? Same with Chinese food, right? This, this American Chinese food that we know, right? Sweet and sour chicken, General Tso's chicken, lo mein, fried rice. I can go to any city, any town in America, find a Chinese restaurant that will give me these favorites that I've come to know and love. So why do we need another one? Like, what's the, what's the point? You have to give me a differentiator. You have to tell me why, me the consumer. You have to say, 
we're just like everyone else except for, or you may think we're like everyone else, but we're not because we do the following. You have to supply that answer. One of the ways that I guide my clients through this exercise is I ask them this question, what are the stories only you can tell? And I challenge them to do at least 10, and I think if you really worked hard, you can find 20 or 30. What are the stories only you can tell? And it can be something as simple as, we're the only sub shop in this shopping center. So please know, I'm not talking about lofty, high-end, fancy, I'm not. It can be, this is the only restaurant I own. That's a story. So talk to me about that. It can be something as simple as, we're the only sub shop in this shopping center. We're the only uh, authentic uh, street taco place in this small town. Whatever it is. And you gotta come up with 10 of them. Because those are the stories that you are going to, what are the stories only you can tell? Those are the stories that I'm gonna make you tell as you move forward. There are a million different ways to do this and to succeed at this. But this is a way that you can start thinking about what makes you interesting or extraordinary. And in the rare instance that you can't think of more than two or three, well then that's gonna invite you or force you to take a step back and say, whoa, we're not that differentiated. We are pretty much like everything else out there. And this day, this day and age, you can't, you can't have an undifferentiated product. Markets are too saturated. There are way too many restaurants out there. Consumers have way too many choices and they will just as happily go to the one they know, the one that's closest or the one that's cheapest. And that by definition is a commodity product. So I was just out in Las Vegas at the bar and restaurant expo. I, I talked a little bit about this on a previous episode. Um, but when I was out there, I gave a talk all about what I call the luxury mindset. Not about creating luxury goods, but uh, adopting the lessons and adapting those lessons from some of the biggest brands in the world, like Hermes, like Gucci, like Aston Martin, like Krug, taking those lessons and applying them to our product. The idea is, how can we get out of this commodity mindset? Now, the commodity mindset says, all things being equal, a consumer will choose based on one of three criteria, and that's convenience, familiarity, or price. Think about eggs, milk, all-purpose flour, all things being equal, if you don't know any different, you're just gonna grab the milk that's there. Do you like skim, do you like 2%, do you like whole milk? You're gonna grab the one that's there. You're not gonna shop around for all different kinds of milks. So when we talk about a commodity, you're choosing based on convenience, familiarity, or price. So you're either going to the one that's closest, you're going to the one you know or like, or the one that's cheapest and some combination of that. And if you try to compete on that, you cannot be the most convenient to the most amount of people. You're just convenient to a, a small number of people. You can, uh, you can, you can uh, play that price game, but it's just a race to the bottom. And eventually you're going to lose because your margins are gonna get too narrow that it's not worth competing anymore. And somebody, usually a bigger company who's got greater purchasing power, will beat you, they will drive you. So if you wanna get out of that commodity game, if you don't wanna play that you know, that race to the bottom, the only other way is to play this differentiation game. The way you differentiate is by telling your story. What you wanna do is create a story that's so compelling, create a product that people will go out of their way for, a, a product that people would be willing to pay extra for. I am willing to pay extra for the brands that I really love, right? I think about the best brands in the world and the stories they tell. I think about their powerful whys. I, I, I give this example a lot. The three companies that I seem to support a lot are Nike, Apple, and Nikon. 
right? So Nikon is obviously a camera company. Uh, that's I was a food photographer year, for years and years and years. All of my equipment is Nikon. I love that brand. I love that company. I love what they stand for. I love the products they provide. And I return to them time and time and time again, right? Nike. Nike is uh, about performance. I'm a runner. Um, I use, uh, I, I buy Nike shoes when it's time to replace mine, I get them. When I look for, um, you know, athletic wear to go uh, to run in, to work out in, I usually reach for Nike first. It's just, it's just natural. Um, I, their why is, is super compelling. Same thing with Nikon, same thing with Apple, right? Apple has a really compelling why. Those are my companies. That's the, uh, the big companies that I can think of. Um, that we can all that we can all uh, understand. Undoubtedly, you have uh, you have uh, companies that you support on your own. Whether that's a car company, a clothing company, um, a, a, a hotel company, a, a vacation destination. These are all companies. These are all brands that you support. And then when we drill down to the local level, you've got your pizza. You've got your your favorite pizza place. You got your favorite uh, Mexican place. Your favorite Greek place. Favorite sushi place. You've got the play, your favorite car wash, right? You've got the things that you that you support. And I think uh, I want you to think about the reasons why you support them. Some things, car wash, it's probably just because it's most convenient or because it's the cheapest or they do a good job. Maybe, maybe some of you go to one place over the other because they do such a great job, it's worth a couple extra bucks and worth going out of the way for. It's worth being inconvenienced because it's a superior product. And I want you to think back to areas in your world where you are affected by this, where you do pay extra for it, where you do. I, CVS is a great example. CVS is one of the most expensive convenience stores, drugstores out there, more so than a Dwayne Reed or a Walgreens or any of the other ones out there. But I like CVS because they're pretty much, at least in my uh, area, they're always clean and they're always better stocked with the things that I know I need than Walgreens. There's there's a couple of times I can think of, at least in the last six months, where I go to Walgreens, they don't have what I need, I gotta get back in the car, drive an extra two miles down the road to get to CVS. To be perfectly honest, I know I'm paying extra, but I'm paying for the cleanliness, I'm paying for them, uh, the, the convenience of them having what I need. I'm willing to pay extra because I think they do a better job, again, at least in my market. There are undoubtedly gonna be examples in your own world, in your life, where you think about where you think about this stuff. What are the things that you support even though it might not make sense to do so? You can find something for cheaper. You can find something uh, easier, closer, more convenient. That's what you have to do with your restaurant. So the first thing you do, we talked about the how, how do you do this? The first way you do this is by coming up with the stories that only you can tell. And then you tell the, those stories every which way you can. You tell the two whys. Why do you do what you do? Why are you so passionate about it? Why do you care? Why do you believe yours is better or a, a more compelling solution to the problem than anyone else out there, than any of the other competitors? You tell that story. You tell people why they should care about your brand and why you do what you do. You do that everywhere. So do the, the exercise. What are the stories only you can tell? And then the next piece you have to do is tell that story everywhere. It should be all over your uh, website. It should be all over your social media pages. If you don't already turn the camera on yourself and tell your story yourself, I'm gonna urge you to do that. It takes so little to take a, a 30 second or a 60 second video. It's gonna feel really uncomfortable at first, but it's totally gonna be worth it in the long run. This is again, something Sean Walshef does so well. It's something that he tells all of, uh, all of uh, his followers and, and people who follow his podcast over and over and over again. The best way to tell your story is to simply tell your story. 
Why do you do what you do and why should anyone else care? What solution are you providing? Meaning, who has a problem? And how are you? How is your solution more compelling than anyone? So it should be on your website, it should be on your social media pages. If you haven't turned the camera on yourself, uh, you should. This week, I challenge you, I challenge you to turn the camera on uh, you know, hold it, uh, do it selfie style, uh, get someone else to film you if you feel more comfortable and just tell your story, right? Hey, my name is Chip. I'm the host of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. I'm also a restaurant coach. I work with owners and operators all over the world to help them improve the profitability of their restaurants. I love what I do. I've spent my entire adult life in this restaurant and I love finding new people to work with. There you go. That's my 30 second version of my pitch. That's my story who I am, what I do, why I do it. I do it because I believe that restaurant owners deserve to have a business that works as hard as they do. What we do is extraordinary. What we do is too hard to not make money doing it. That's what I say over and over again. You've heard me say that on this podcast. My, uh, my clients, the members of my uh, P3 Mastermind get sick of hearing me say it. But I'm nothing if not an advocate and a cheerleader for the owners and operators that I work with. That's me, that's my why. That's why. That's what I do, how I do it, why I do it. You gotta get good at telling, doing the same thing. Why do you bother coming up with new dishes? Why do you bother running specials? Why do you do service a certain way? Why do you have a certain playlist running? Why is the decor the way it is? All of these are stories. You made choices and you continue to make choices about your business. So tell that story. It should be on the website, it should be on the social media pages. Your staff. Your staff should know these stories. So when I was at Kraft, I worked for Tom Colicchio at his flagship Kraft on 19th Street in uh, in Manhattan. I worked there for about a year and a half. And um, one of the things they would do is every single night at the uh, we would have a pre-shift meeting and there'd be a you know a pre-shift uh, lineup notes, right? So all the notes about the day for the daily specials and what the sorbets and ice creams were and what our cheese selections were and on and on and on. And at the very bottom, it was just a, a fun little, uh, uh, a fun little um, uh, piece of trivia about the restaurant. Here's an interesting thing about the floors. Here's an interesting thing about the bar. Here's an interesting thing about the logo. Here's an interesting thing about this piece of artwork. Here's an interesting thing about the 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 way the why we design the tables this way. Here's an interesting thing about this recipe. Every single day, so 365 days a year, we learned more stories about the restaurant. There are other restaurants that do this really well. On the past, I've talked about Olmsted in Brooklyn. They do this exceptionally well. Every dish on the menu has a story. This is a riff on this, except this is what's different about it. Or this was inspired by the chef's trip too. On and on and on. So there are stories that make their way into the interactions on the floor. Your managers are gonna use them, your servers, your, uh, your bartenders, your bussers, your food runners. Everyone's gonna be able to use these. And you have to fortify them on a daily basis. Not just say, hey guys, storytelling is really important to us. But you have to make sure they know your story. They, you have to make sure they know the two whys. You have to make sure they know all of the stories. What are the stories only we can tell? That as a staff, there are a series of stories only they can tell. I've done this for past restaurants, right? I've done this for Gramercy Tavern. That's been on past episodes. I've done this for Kraft. I've done this for Gotham. I've done this. I've shown you the 10, 20, 30 stories that they can tell. And they grow. They grow every single day. Your people are part of your stories. And your people should be part of how you tell your story. So again, it should be all over your website. Not only on the about page, but on the home page, on the menu pages, on the, it should be all over. Don't just reserve it for one little page. Make sure it spills over. Pictures of you and your team and what makes you exceptional. Again, it should be obvious on your website. 
should be obvious on your social media pages. It should be uh, very obvious. If I went through a two hour meal with you, it should be obvious. Should be on the menu, should be in the service style, should be in the stories that the servers, that the runners, that the bartenders tell me. All of that is how we do it. Anytime you do any sort of uh, outward advertising, make sure you lead with that. Make sure you lead with what makes you special, why you do what you do, and why people should care about that. It's literally the only two things they care about. Why do you do what you do and why should I care? Oh, that's cool, yeah, I do care now. Now that you told me that, I care. I challenge, your, I challenge you to come up with at least 10 stories that only you can tell. Let's take out a paper, number one through 10. No one has to see this, this is an exercise just for you. One through 10, and when you've done that, I want you to take five of those, so half of those, and make sure they are obvious in every area of your business. Maybe they're already obvious, great. Turn the volume up on them. And if they're not obvious, if, if enough of them aren't obvious, find ways to work them in. I'm not gonna dictate how you do that. I find that anytime I try to do that, I come up with very flat, uninteresting solutions, but I promise you, you have enough creativity and passion for your business that you will figure out how to do it. That's your assignment. Come up with the 10 stories that only you can tell, take at least five of them, and make sure they are woven into every single aspect of your restaurant, meaning your website, your social media pages, the menu, the way that your servers um, tell that story at the tables. You do that, your business will change. The whole uh, title of this, right? How do you make your uh, business thrive? I believe in a, in a market as noisy as ours, right? In, in a market as saturated as ours, and all our markets are saturated, the only way to survive, the only way to thrive, to be profitable, to, to build brand loyalty and excitement with the people who love you is by telling your story. Think about your two whys, right? Think about those stories. What are the stories only you can tell? I'm telling you it will change your business. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in today. My name is Chip Close. This is Restaurant Strategy. Again, if you have any uh, questions, if you're curious about the P3 Mastermind I run, uh, we have filled up nearly two groups. We are about ready to open a third group this summer. If you want to be a part of that, uh, I want you to get in touch. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. We've put nearly 100 people through the program at this point, and we are growing. Again, we're opening a whole other group starting this summer, and uh, if you wanna be a part of it and get in touch, those spots are gonna go quick. They are already, uh, the, the first two groups have already filled up quickly. So if you wanna be a part of it, set up a free call. It's 30 minutes. I get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You get to learn more about the program. See if you're a good fit for the program. There is your pressure to join the program. But uh, if we think we can help you, I'd love the opportunity to help you. Again, I appreciate you guys being here, and I will see you next time.